Welcome to Cypherspeak, Artifacts, Ciphers, and Podities. I want a dungeon, and I want it now. <laughs> Welcome to Cypherspeak, everybody. Hello. Uh, I am here today with Darcy, who is a cautious spelunker who knows the good treasure lies the deepest down. And I'm here with my co-host, Troy, who is a barbaric dungeon keeper who perturbs his players. And today, as you might suspect, we might be talking about some places that you may go diving into the depths of, some dungeons and such. So, Troy, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, a, a lot of games are, are focused around the exploration of the deep, dark places. Uh, mm-hmm. And sometimes you need that that dungeon or ruin or... You know, the futuristic spaceport sewer system, right? I mean, these are all, you know, places that your characters might go exploring around, but you need it in a hurry or in Mm -hmm. short notice. Um, So you want to not just like draw random, you know, lines until you get somewhere because then sometimes your touch doesn't make any sense. Right. Not that I've done that before. Um, <laughs> or I think if Darcy draws it, it just looks, you know, naughty. A little, little X-rated, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you're in a hurry and you don't have much time, what is a DM to do? Absolutely. I've been in the position where I've needed to come up with a cool, you know, ruin or, or dungeon, some kind of neat location, um, and wanted to come up with it pretty quick because I think as many GMs will know and players too, we're all telling a story together in our heads and, uh, and sometimes the logistics of where does everything fit together really, it really starts to call for a map or some kind of, uh, you know, a better, clearer understanding of, of what this place actually looks like. And so, um, you know, sometimes it's great to just play off a map because you always know, you know, the GM is not going to say the wrong uh, dimension for a given room or whatever uh, because you're all working off the same document. So um, having some structure is really, really helpful, Um, but it's hard to get a good structure on the fly. But uh, we have some products and ideas to make this a little easier on you because uh, it's a it's a brave new world out here and there's lots of cool technology that you could take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. There's we we have uh, we have some ideas on what mm-hmm. you can do to to come up with a dungeon in a hurry. So mm-hmm. the first one that we're going to talk about is you know borrowing. It's it's mm-hmm. really usually the easiest way. Uh, you know, so if you're super crunched for time, uh, you know, uh, one thing that I will do is try to find a dungeon, you know, online or from another product, and you can just kind of maybe drop that into your game. Uh, you know, you might want to spruce it up with some of the things we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes, but to get kind of a basic layout that makes sense, that can be an easy way to kind of start your, your kind of dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have some ideas of where people could find some of this stuff, Darcy? Yeah. So if you want a proper, you know, mapped out dungeon with keys and, and maps and things, uh, Obviously, Dungeons and Dragons has a long history of creating these for you. And uh, there's third-party content. There's official content. You know, it probably doesn't matter which system you're pulling from if all you want is the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think going into, uh, you know, PDF land or, or old d- dragon magazines, uh, things like that would, would be pretty useful. Um, there are, of course, full books also of dungeons that you can get if you look around on DriveThruRPG and places. Um, yeah, those, those are some starting points. 
Yeah. Um, another place uh, to think about looking is uh, there's some amazing map makers on Patreon or in other places around the internet mm-hmm. uh, that, that are making maps, right, as, as part of uh, kind of their, their Patreon. Uh, in fact, Christopher West, who uh, did a lot of the cartography for Numenera originally, uh, he has a Patreon, right, where he makes all kinds of different maps. I mean, he makes spaceships and outposts and all kinds of stuff. But, uh, you know, so there is all kinds of good map things out there uh, to kind of uh, take a look at. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find one of my other favorite uh, Patreon map makers, but there's a number of them. So I think that's definitely worth looking at. I may drop my other favorite in the show notes. Um, They're really good. So uh, one other thing I'd say here for stealing is sometimes I don't need a whole map. Sometimes I need, um, you know, like a really good picture, you know, sometimes I'm, mm-hmm. you know, my needs are different for a different session. And so sometimes I'll look up and find just weird images of cool environments that kind of inspire me to create a little, uh, area. So if it's not like a really huge multi-roomed thing, a lot of times I can get away with like a couple pictures of like, okay, this will be this part of the ruin, uh, this weird picture of, um, you know, some deviant art artists, uh, <laughs> picture of like a, a weird, uh, cockpit is going to be my inspiring image for the next one. So I would say that, you know, I'd be curious to know what other kind of inspiration people uh, borrow for for creating their their little locations, right? Yeah. And I think that that's a good point, right? Sometimes it's not necessarily when you're putting together a, a quote unquote, you know, dungeon or whatever, especially for cipher system games. Maybe you don't need to map it out on the table. If it's just mm-hmm. a couple of interconnected rooms, maybe you just need some hook or shtick or whatever to, mm-hmm. um, you know, to have, uh, you know, kind of bring that, that room together. Like what is this place like doing or look like or something like that? Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, you know, I think the, the kind of advice we would give for little bits of inspiration like that might veer off in many different directions. And I'd be really excited to hear what viewers, um, or <laughs> listeners even, uh, <laughs> thank God you can't view us. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what you might be uh, using for inspiration. But our next bit of advice is going to be, so let's say you do want to get more granular and, and you don't have time to prep that. What tools can we do to make that more difficult um, process easier for you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in Monica Games has come up with a couple of different things that I think uh, help in kind of putting these things together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first one that we're going to talk about is in uh, the Numenera supplement, Jade Colossus, uh, is uh, the uh, ruin mapping engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's interesting. I have, I have created a ruin with it. Um, you know, it's... It's basically just a series of uh, D20, I think D20, D100 rolls mm-hmm. um, that basically allow you to kind of create this uh, dungeon kind of on the fly uh, and, and create something that that should make sense and kind of all sort of fit together in some ways um, and, you know, have some interesting things that you can drop into some of the various chambers and rooms that you encounter, but it's random enough to make it, to kind of keep it interesting, I guess, so you don't kind of get stuck in 
Like when I'm drawing a dungeon, if I'm just drawing it, most of my rooms are square Hmm. or rectangular. Right. You know, whereas like one of the things that you roll on a table is what is this? uh, What is the shape of the room? Is it a square or is it a circle or is it like a hexagon? Mm -hmm. You know, like I I don't think I'd ever choose to draw a room that way. Mm hmm. Yeah, I got to experiment with it on a stream when I was prepping for uh, an Echoes Linger ep- uh, session, and it was really fun. It's, it's you know, it's this little algorithm you sort of walk down, this little series of tables that send you out to other tables, um, but because of the the directions it sends you and the sort of the process, it the, pr- the procedure generates something that is is still sensible and yet generated pretty much entirely by the book, um, leaving you lots of room to fill in the blanks. Of course, it's always your dungeon. If something you don't like something, change it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's nice. Yeah, you, you roll aspects of the room and then you roll aspects of the exits and then the passages to get to other places. Um, and of course, you know, on some some low incidence rolls, some like catastrophic events that are happening down there. <laughs> yeah. um, so that one is probably good for, for uh, any sufficiently weird setting you're using. It's of course built for Numenera, but I think that procedure, you know, if you ignored some of the tables would, would be totally fine for building, you know, a weird series of interconnected caves in star Wars or, or whatever. Um, lots and lots of other settings. I think it'd still benefit from that. Yeah. Um, absolutely. One idea that I had, uh, was, you know, you could even make this, um, you know, an activity that your players participate in at the table, right? You know, so like, okay, yep, we're going into a dungeon and we're going to start, you know, generating this dungeon as we go. uh, And they get to kind of participate in that, right? And they get to make some of those dice rolls and and see the dungeon kind of form before their eyes. And I was actually wondering if you could even take it further if you wanted. And would this be a way to run like some GM-less dungeon crawling? Oh, cool. Right? You know, like where you're just all, you know, exploring and you don't, nobody knows what's next and, you know, kind of going around through the dungeon and seeing what happens. That is awesome. I love that idea. We should try it. Yeah, we should. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of what's in the, the Jade Colossus. Um, you know, obviously there is all of the amazing things that are just the Jade Colossus to, to yeah, pull from for inspiration. Settings, the campaign, <laughs> uh, so, so much in that book. <laughs> yeah, but specifically for if you're looking to like generate your own kind of dungeon on the fly that there's, you know, I mean, I think when I made one, it wasn't you know, it wasn't super large. It was maybe like, uh, seven chambers or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it took me like a half an hour, 45 minutes to make, right. I mean, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't super long. So we've gotten the, we've got the Jake Colossus. We've had that for a little while. Um, the next one is kind of, uh, hot off the press, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mine is reaching my door today. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine is, mine is not here, uh, in physical form. I do have the, the digital version, uh, to, to take a look at, uh, but, uh, coming out from the, the last Kickstarter was the ruin deck. Um, and there, I, I mean, we've talked about before some of Monty Cook Games cards mm-hmm. <laughs> and how <On> useful <laughs> and amazing they are and, and the different decks, um, 
you know, I almost feel like maybe in the future we should do an episode that just runs down what all decks are there and oh and my what, gosh, what, what, what that's an episode now. <laughs> yeah, um, but I I was amazed. Like I didn't know what to think when you know they, they, they you pitch the ruin deck as oh it's a deck of cards that allow you to build a dungeon. Um, mm-hmm. and I really didn't know what to think, right? Like, what yeah. are we going to get out of this? Right. What does um, that look like? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it, is it just little cards that have little map pieces on them that kind right. of all fit together? Right. You know, mm-hmm. cause I've seen kind of decks built like that before. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but no, it, it's not that it's, it's something much, much larger. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Darcy, do you want to talk about some of the things that are on each and every card in the Ruin deck? Yeah, let's start. So um, it is it is a informationally packed little card that looks really cute, and uh, you kind of you know, I kind of needed the key to understand it the first time I read it. Right, uh-huh. so the deck uh-huh. comes with a little. What are you looking at? What are, what are all these you know uh, randomizers? indicating to you. So first of all, um, there is a D100 functionally because at the top left-hand corner of each card, there's a one, two, three, four, and so on. So uh, for for various reasons, if you need a die 100 roll, um, maybe you, maybe if you wanted to, to pull out a card and you have the Jade Colossus nearby, maybe you do want one of those D100 rolls, you've got that. So that's just a tool there for you for, for many reasons. Um, on the top right-hand corner, you've got a random color. So uh, green, red, uh, I think there might be some weirder kind of, you know, bronze, uh, copper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of variety of colors, which I I don't know if I realized until I saw that it was on there how maybe un... Utilized? Un, yes, ununique my color selection generally yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for sure. So, like, there are even things like ice and sand and wood Mm -hmm. and yeah these are just not things i often a a lot of these i was reading and i was like yeah i've not really used that before so uh, i i definitely feel that's a really surprisingly useful uh, randomizer for me yep yeah i was actually thinking about like uh oh without these cards you could just like have a like a opaque bag full of crayons and pull one out for your like random color right (laughs) That's pretty cute. <laughs> um, but so, you know, then, the you know, that's not all, folks. Uh, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. Uh, so the card goes on. In the lower uh, left-hand corner um, is a a creature, right? Some some sort of monster or uh, something from a bestiary uh, or a core book or something. Um, but so basically, if you need a, a random creature, it, there's a... There it is, and it tells you uh, there's a little symbol for which book and what mm-hmm. page number in that book it's on. So um, if you draw a random monster and you get a Strathorian war moth, <laughs> it'll tell you what page that's on and what book to, to go and look it up or PDF to go look it up in. Um, <laughs> you know, And then in the lower right-hand corner mm-hmm. is uh, the number of uh, exits and uh, an, a direction yeah uh so you know if you want to know how many exits are in a room you can pull a card and if there's three exits you could pull three more cards to see what kind of direction from where you came into the room those exits lie Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So I think going from random creature to <laughs> where are the exits is a natural flow. Um, <laughs> but there may be things in these rooms that you maybe want to run toward or away from uh, in that aren't creatures. And so that's where sort of the, the bulk of the text of these cards lie. Mm -hmm. So these are everything we've talked about is up in a corner. And so just easy, uh, easy to find on the card. Um, you know, you can draw a couple and quickly have that in front of you. But in the center of the card, um, are always two ruin ideas. So this is almost a little weird decky. It might be uh, an element of uh, like a device or a thing um, or a feature that's in the room. Um, it might be uh, sort of a like something that's happening in the room, like the area shakes, shifts, and sometimes rotates. So um, there's a lot. This, this is basically like you know, so you would give your players the the dimensions of the room, and this is one of the interesting things that would be happening or uh, existing in the room. I would say, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and the other cool thing that I like is that they do also in a lot of them, mm. um, they insert a little you know insert color here yeah. uh, signal. So like it's a wide metallic urn from which color crystals bubble emerge and waft until they burst mm -hmm. you know so like you can either use the color that's on that card or you could draw another card to get the color um you know just more variety and more interesting you know kind of things going on with with those uh kind of dungeon things happening in the rooms yeah that's a really good point like uh my roommate john of course loves crystals so um <laughs> you know finding a room full of, uh, let's say, I'm going to draw a random card. Um, emerald crystals is going to be a good day for him. But the exact same feature that has, let's say, uh, I keep drawing the, no the normal cards. <laughs> um, let's say black crystals mm. is, is going to feel different, mm -hmm. right? It, that, that, you know, just expands the use of this whole ruined deck to, to really be replayable over and over again. I think it's yeah. going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, all of that stuff we talked about, every single one of those pieces of information is on every single one of the hundred cards in this deck. Um, you know, so so it's just crazy how much, you know, so basically you're getting a hundred random colors, a hundred random numbers, a hundred random monsters, a hundred random exits, and 200 um, random ideas for things to be in rooms. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is so much good stuff. Yeah. So the Ruin Mapping Engine for Jade Colossus, you know, brought up the idea that, hey, could you have kind of a GM list? What role can the players play in this? I think with these cards, it even more makes me tempted to say, let's have this be an exercise at the table. Um, you know, someone with better drawing skills than me can help me map it out. <laughs> um, and what I would really love to see is like, especially if my players were going to kind of come upon a base or something, like something that they might want to come home to again or like, you know, they get a, a strange ship bequeathed to them, but they kind of have to like discover what is in it first. Um, like, I think that would be really fun to have yeah. people mapping out a place that they would know they'd be coming back to and sort of dealing with all of these weird effects. Like, oh, you always know you'd never go into or we're using the room with uh a crystal dome that shows a parallel dimension version of the viewer, we're using that as our like closet space, right? Yeah. <laughs> Give you fashion ideas. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, so I think it just, uh, yeah, tons of ways you can use this in a game, right? I mean, whether you need inspiration for a single room, right? Like, mm -hmm. 
they, they stumble into a place and you want to have something interesting there or, you know, to build the dungeon as you go or the rune uh, is, I, I think, yeah, tons of tons of options for ways to use these cards. And I even think of them as like a possibility to do something like uh, Senda used to run five minute RPGs, right? Where mm-hmm. you would have this little like your character is just a, you know, like think of a, you come up with a quick character sentence and then you're going to be presented with a problem. So, yeah. You come upon, uh, you're down in the dungeon and there's a water leak. Might be safe. Mostly safe. Kind of, you know, <laughs> could be some creatures in there. Like that's, you know, that that's, there. there's your inspiration for your little quick five minute encounter that you're going to play. Yeah. I love that. So one more, uh, MCG supplement that I, I think we've mentioned for sure before, uh, but that I really like, and I think that it can kind of be, layered on top of all of these things that we've talked about, right? From the borrowing mm-hmm. a dungeon to the Jade Colossus to the rune deck. And that is injecting the weird, which is a mm-hmm. PDF only supplement uh, from really the early days of Numenera. Uh, and again, this is a little bit like Jade Colossus in that it's a ton of tables, right? Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of tables, but so much inspiration to make things weird yeah oh my goodness and when we say things we're we're not just talking places right they they separate out these weird tables by what you might be trying to describe <laughs> and why yeah. it might be weird yeah so so yeah i mean if if you want it to be about a place there there is a table for ancient structures but you know uh it can also help you if you're just like out in the wild right so mm-hmm. you're not always exploring a, a dungeon or a ruin right maybe right. you're exploring a forest so what's you know, here, what's weird about the forest is they're walking through the forest and they uh, encounter an area where all of the trees and plants appear to be melting despite <laughs> the normal temperatures, right? Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Immediately, everybody's going to be like, uh, I'm not walking in there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, so yeah, I mean, there, there's the wild, there's, I think there's even like some things for like people, um, yep. you know, and, and like, so if you have NPCs and you want something to be weird about them or like what makes a city uh, yeah. unique, um, you know, yeah, there's all of these different uh, things. There's so many weird ideas in this little 20 page <laughs> supplement. Yep. Uh, and of course, since you've got the die 100 here, uh, you could be drawing on your ruin deck um as that randomizer that's that's kind of a thing i'm really excited by about the ruin deck is that um if i have that i don't really need to bring a percentile die right mm-hmm. I, a d20 and a d6 is all i need so that's kind of that's kind of fun yeah um yeah. yeah but it's fun to see how some of these feel almost like adventure hooky right so there's there's little set dressing details but you could totally see how any one of these um, you know, a weird thing going on inside the structure is it's ringing with music so beautiful that it's painful to leave. Um, can your players leave? Do they need to, is someone trapped in there? You know, <laughs> all of these are, uh, almost many of them double as really, really good adventure hooks. Yeah. In fact, in my, my Numenera campaign, I'm almost positive, uh, that the like either weird person or weird creature or whatever, uh, there was somebody that basically um, had basically like uh, something like trans 
pour for their brain into like a robot or mechanical being mm-hmm. or whatever that they met in a dungeon. And that became like one of my characters like goals was to transplant his consciousness into like a robot body. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Right. So like he met this person that <laughs> did it and he's like, how did you do it? And she's like, well, I'll tell you, but you have to go do this for me. And then, you know, they go and they do the thing for her. And then she like gives them like some secrets that they have to like go and find the oh stuff for gosh. to make it happen. I would not have expected that. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah, absolutely. Like, even when you don't think it's going to be an adventure hook, it might be an adventure hook. Huh? <laughs> uh, therein lies the delight and the danger, perhaps, <laughs> as, as the one weird thing you rolled suddenly derails your entire campaign. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, you, uh, you're like, oh, yeah, there's just going to be a little, uh, little person that they, they talk to. Uh, and then, yeah, that, that's it. You know, here we go. New direction. Yep. Uh, <laughs> In in that vein, um, it's perhaps great to mention that when I when I use this, a lot of times I, if I you know injecting the weird is something that I always like often have printed out and at my at mm-hmm. the ready. Yep. It's just so useful, especially when I first started out. I think I've the weird deck has kind of um, replaced that a little bit in, for me in case I'm trying to like be minimal and just grab a few weird cards and move mm-hmm. on, but. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the weird deck, and, and we should probably maybe mention that along with this, is the, the weird deck for me is really good for, like, in play. Right. You know, like, I want a weird thing in the middle of play, and I want to, um, you know, just flip something over and see what happens. Uh, but I really like injecting the weird more when I'm doing, you know, some preparation, right? Where mm-hmm. I'm, I, I know that I'm looking for something weird, and I want to populate it with something yeah, and so in that in that case, you know, I I usually take a more directed approach, right? I scan down yep. the, the table mm-hmm. and see what grabs me. So, hundred yep. uh, percent. I think everything we talked about today are tools to be used as you see fit at your table, just sort of in the ethos of the cipher system, right? Um, make them your own. I'd be very curious to hear how you uh, use these tools differently than us, or what you're getting out of them. I'm I bet people are using them in really unexpected and delightful ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we absolutely would like to hear. Yeah, and and other you know other uses for these tools are other things that that you yeah. have found that are like great tools for for this. You know, um, you know maybe there's a website or a book or something that that we didn't mention that just has super great resources. Uh, we would mm-hmm. definitely be be interested in uh, in hearing about those. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's all the uh, the mm-hmm, dungeoneering mm-hmm. we can take for today. Yep. Um, and uh, kind of moving on to our potties. Uh, so I have a couple of potties. Uh, the first one, it is a Patreon. Uh, it is uh, from, um, I'm not sure exactly who the, the people are behind it. They just call themselves $1 Adventure Frameworks. Uh, but they're creating RPG mini adventures and side treks. And it's it's crazy. It's just like these little things. You, it's like a dollar per uh, item, and uh, they are basically just these little tiny adventure hooks with like just enough information to like you know like sometimes they have a map, sometimes they have like a picture, sometimes they have you know uh, whatever it is, just to make a little bit of a you know kind of adventure skeleton 
right? You know,、mm. so you can have your characters kind of running around、uh, a place, and you're like, oh, I need to drop a little, I need to drop a thing in here.、Uh, let me page through the. Like these ten hooks I have, and oh, here's the the caverns of Melusuya、uh, is like one of the things on their list, and like oh, just drop that you know in there, and away you go. So、um, yeah, just a a nice little kind of thing to、um, kind of speed some maybe this adventure or or dungeon prep.、Um, and then the other thing that I just wanted to mention, I I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Um, but it fits very well with this、uh, dungeon conversation, and I've definitely mentioned it before.、Uh, but I don't know if I've ever mentioned where it's from.、Uh, there is a old three point five Eberron adventure called Shadows of the Last War, written by Keith Baker,、um, and that has my favorite ever like dungeon in it to steal. So、um, it's.、Uh, It's a cool, like, rotating circular dungeon with different keys and stuff, taking you to different paths that I like very much, and have reskinned at least two or three times into different,、uh, different adventures. That's awesome.、Uh, you've got to get me in one of those dungeons. <laughs> I want, I want that experience. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll, I'll work on that. Cool.、Um, So finally, it came to me who、uh, my my favorite Patreon map maker was,、uh, and their name is Michael Prescott. They run a blog called Trilemma, and they've been for many years now making these really cool little like adventure. Like I guess I guess they conceive of them as one to two page fantasy adventures, but they always have a big. Map often isometric, which is really cool. So you know, it's like a picture from the side of this—I、uh, don't know—weird castle or weird dungeon or you know, moving three-tiered wagon thing. But you get cutaways or, or stuff. So like the art is really—you know—I just love that isometric from an angle view.、Um, and the the adventures are usually pretty cool. A lot of times, I'm not running. You know, quite a setting to to fit in with that, but with some light reskinning from the weird table, these are all really solid、um, Numenera adventures, and I believe I've even used some reskinned straight up as Numenera adventures and the like. So those are really cool, and I highly recommend them.、Um, and the Patreon supports them creating them, but they actually put up all the the maps for free. So go check out the Trilemma blog.、Um, yeah, have you seen these before?、Uh, no, I haven't, but I just looked them up while you were talking because you had the link in the show notes and. Yeah, that looks pretty cool. They are really, really wild ones.、I'm、trying to think if I, I know of anyone that I would particularly re- recommend, but they're just delightful. Go scroll through them; they're really beautiful.、Um, and one more potty, just a, a quick shout out to a bunch of streams that are starting、um, uh, really soon here. So Callisto Six just started up、uh, recently, so there's probably going to be two or so episodes out when this launches. Um, so that is a cipher system stream run on the Geek and Sundry Twitch, and it's of a cyberpunk supers、um, world with full of a great cast of characters, and they're getting their second season now. So、um, that's very worth checking into on、uh, Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific, followed by Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific. Our own uh, Jess uh, Burst of Hope. Uh, is running a game of the strange、um, on a, the Scraticus、uh, Twitch channel, so that also just started up.、Um, it's really cool, and、uh, I always love more strange content in my life.、Um, <laughs> this sort of joins the Wednesday Worlds Beyond、uh, Geek Space TV stream. So we've got two strange streams going on,、um, nice. and 
Yeah. And then uh, Sunday at noon Pacific, uh, there's going to be a new show called The Lost Girls, which is a cipher system game on uh, the t- uh, WebDM Twitch. That is, uh, it's all women and it's they're playing really wildly different vampires uh, <laughs> in, uh, in an 80s setting. So it's 1980s vampires, uh, and it's going to be really good. The art's really cool. Uh, Charlie Frost from Fire is running it. Um, it's going to be amazing, and I've been hyped about it ever since PAX, so I'm so excited to finally get to watch it. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember when you talked about it, I think, after PAX. And yeah, yeah, that one that one should be really good. Uh, that one looks, I mean, vampires in the 80s. You, you can't really go wrong. Right, right. Hard to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, uh, drop us any topic ideas or ask any questions, uh, feel free to hit us up at CypherSpeakPod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And for longer messages and ideas and feedback, you can email us at CypherSpeakPod at gmail.com. And of course, um, we always love it when people, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast and check it out. There's a lot of new Cypher System and related content coming out this year. Kind of too much to handle even. So we're going to do our best to cover a lot of the really, really wild stuff and give you good ideas to use it. So um, do do subscribe to our podcast if you're interested. And uh, we always appreciate it when folks rate us on iTunes so other people can find the show as all these new Cypher System wonderful people are, are coming in and finding the game we love so much. Absolutely. So, Troy, uh, how many candles did you bring on your dungeon spelunking? One too few. Uh, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Cypherspeak is a member of the Misdirected Mark Podcast Network, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Pause for Chewy. Cat.